0: Hi there, and welcome to the Women on Amazon podcast. My name is Regina Peterbergski, and I am your host. As an Amazon FBA seller and coach, I'm in the trenches daily, supporting my family by building Amazon brands. Here, you'll be hearing the journeys of some amazing women who have changed their lives through Amazon and e-commerce, as well as strategies and tips on how you too can create a better future for yourself and your loved ones. Welcome back to Women on Amazon Podcast. This is episode 36 and uh, I'm thrilled to present to you the conversation I had recently with Amy Weiss from Amazing at Home. Uh, We had quite a a far-ranging conversation and Amy has uh, so many uh, fantastic tips for you. I recommend you may wish to listen to this episode more than once and come back and really uh, Take notes. So, before we get to that uh, uh, conversation, there's some uh, little housekeeping, and it's very busy uh, coming up in June. So, first and foremost, if you're listening to this uh, episode uh, pretty much as it's published, from the 7th to the 13th of June is an amazing online uh, opportunity. Uh, One of my mentors, uh, Jason Fladlin, is doing a free uh, Unite challenge on Facebook. Uh, if you are in any of my groups or a friend of mine on Facebook, you'll see I've been chatting about this for the last few days. I'm super excited. Uh, it's for anybody who is an entrepreneur, who wants to be an entrepreneur, or someone who wants to improve their life in any way. Uh, there's uh, several thousand of us in there already in the group, and I'm expecting it to grow. And uh, Jason will be doing daily um Sessions covering all sorts of topics uh, relating to personal and business growth. So, I encourage you to come along and join us. It's an interactive challenge where you should be stretched uh, yourself and uh, learn some pretty cool stuff. I'm very excited, I'm in there, and I'm uh, thrilled to be also an ambassador for the challenge. There is a sign up link in the show notes uh, for this episode, so of course, the show notes can be found. At uh, WimonAmazon.comslash 36. The other thing that I've been absolutely uh, thrilled about is finally my uh, Messenger bot uh, rebate flow for non techie beginners is finally up and running. Uh, And uh, it's in a very sort of soft launch at the moment. It's taken me a couple of months to put it together. And in fact, uh, it's very timely because it was Amy Weiss, whose conversation uh, you'll be hearing today, who actually inspired me to put together this training. So the training is now available. And because you are a listener of the podcast, there is a link for you to be able to get a special discount code. So again, if you go to the show notes, you'll find a link for you to uh, click through and I'll send you a very special discount code that you can use if you wish to purchase uh, the flow. So what it is, uh, is a way for you to be able to uh, launch and rank your products on Amazon using Messenger bots in a very, very simple way down way so my flows and training you could be using within an hour so it's super cool and super easy to use so again check the link to be able to get a discount code also a couple of other diary dates you might want to put in Uh, June the 18th uh, is Amazon Day here in Australia, which is an online event being put on by Retail Global, and there's all sorts of super cool speakers uh, from uh, Amazon themselves, uh, plus other speakers talking about what's happening on Amazon, mostly for Australia, but uh, we will be covering global topics as well. So again, the it's a free online event on June 18th, and you can sign up for that um, the link in the show notes. And last but not least, um, I have recently interviewed Melissa Reynolds. That uh, episode will be going up in the next uh, little while, and we talked about um, Amazon merch and print-on-demand, which is another one of those ways to skin the Amazon cat. And the reason I mention it today is because on the 15th to the 17th of June, Melissa is actually running a mega print-on-demand online summit where there's uh, a large number of experts in the print-on-demand space that will help you to navigate that if that's uh, something that you're interested in exploring. And as I said, I will uh, publish the episode with Melissa in the next few days. But in the meantime, you might want to sign up for that. Again, link is in the show notes. So please, uh, now that uh, I've put all those uh, dates out, as I said, all of these links and information is in the show notes, womenonamazon.com slash 36. Uh, Please uh, sit back and enjoy my conversation with Amy Weiss. And welcome back to the Women on Amazon podcast. This is episode 36. And Regina here today. I'm here with the delightful, awesome, and I don't know, energizer bunny, Amy Weiss. How are you, Amy?
1: I'm good, Regina. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> I'm constantly inspired by your uh, exercise uh, videos that you post on your Facebook page. Um, Yes, uh, I, I look at them from the couch <laughs> and pretend and pretend uh, that I'm exercising
1: yeah, <laughs> by you watching know,
0: you. You're, you're, you're awesome.
1: <laughs> thank you. You know, it's funny because I am not normally one of the people to like post a video, but during coronavirus, when everybody was stuck at home, um, I posted one one day, actually, to give me motivation to keep going because I was so bored working out in my garage. And so many people reached out to me after that and said, "Oh my gosh, Amy, that really motivated me. Please post more of those." It got me off the couch." And so I was like, okay, i guess i'll I'll post more of them." And uh, that's kind of where it started. but it's definitely not my normal routine of workouts, <laughs> but it was fun.
0: well well I'm, I'm going to say, you know how there's this whole school of thought that says, you know if, if your body doesn't know the difference between your imagination, you know if you're imagining something or if you're actually doing it you know as part of your your, your you know goal-setting things. So, so I just imagine that I'm doing those exercises with you <laughs> and, hope, right. and hope that my body <laughs> reacts accordingly. What do you think?
1: I'm sure that you're getting stronger by doing that definitely. I'm sure, I'm
0: sure, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's 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 talk. Let's talk Amazon. Now you and I met um in February in LA and it was uh, absolutely awesome meeting you. And you've got uh, a really interesting story. So tell me a little bit about um your background, um where you come from, what you used to do and then how you got into Amazon.
1: All right. Well, I'll try to. I'll try to do the abbreviated version.
0: <laughs> take, <laughs> because, take the time.
1: <laughs> because unlike your story, where you did a lot in in various business channels, you know, um, I was in the military. So you know, I wasn't really other than going to college for business. I, I would say you know I come from very poor and humble beginnings. I was raised by a single mom. I lived in Wisconsin um, growing up. And, um, and you know, we didn't have a lot of money. My first job I had at nine years old, I started, um, babysitting for a toddler all summer long. And, um, so, you know, I always had a lot of responsibility and not a lot of supervision. Um, Mm -hmm. but I definitely had big dreams. You know, I wanted to move away from Wisconsin. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to go to school and, you know, all of the, the things I wanted to do all of the mm-hmm. things. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, I worked really, really hard in school and, um, and I moved away to, I moved to California at a very young age and I started working at uh, target. I worked at target as a cashier and then I was kind of bored with that. And so I said, you know, can I, can you give me some, some more, you know, responsibility, and I eventually was promoted to an executive level where I got to run their whole garden center there in Seaside, California, and wow. so that was really cool. And I learned a lot about retail and inventory and um, management, and uh, you know. And then I tried to go to school. I really wanted to go to college, and and because I come from poor beginnings, I didn't have like a college fund, you know, so. I started going to college, and I was working uh, full time as an accountant. Uh, later on, we moved to Georgia, um, so we went from California all the way to the East Coast of Georgia. And I started working as an accountant um, for a home healthcare agency. And um, and I really I wanted to go to school full time, and I wanted to graduate, but it just seemed like it was so far away. You know, um, it was hard to go part time and and not really get anywhere right so i decided that i was going to join the air force and i joined the us air force and um i turned 21 while i was in boot camp that was fun <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so you know i had my first legal beer after that uh, while i was in tech school but I spent, you know, 18 years after that in a military career. um, And just, I went to school full-time while I was in the Air Force. Um, I I graduated with my bachelor's degree eight years later. And then I got um, two master's degrees um, four years after that. So, I really had a great time. I learned so many things. I got to live all over the world. I got to live in Europe. I got to live in Korea. I got to live um, all over the USA. I got to travel everywhere. And I got to do some really, really cool things. Um, and it really just built up my confidence. And um, And then I ended up uh, working as an Air Force civilian, um, which means I was out of uniform, you know. And, um, I was working in the cybersecurity field because I have a a master's degree in cybersecurity. And so I was able to kind of land a really good job doing that. And, um, and during this time, so in 2007, I started flipping products on Amazon and eBay for fun. Right. So so I was, you know, flipping my textbooks and, um, just whatever I could find around the house. And that's kind of how I learned about e-commerce and then in 2017 I came up with this idea for a product so I live in San Antonio Texas now with my two daughters ages 10 and 13 and um, my husband Rashid and you know I came up with this idea for a product because I have a cat <laughs> I have three of them and yes. uh, I- <laughs> I also have, and I know Regina has a beautiful cat too, but um, <laughs> I also have- I've got um, two, I've
0: got two actually. I have two. I have two. <laughs> you, only, you, you, only, you only got to meet one earlier on today, uh, <laughs> but, but I actually have two.
1: <laughs> he, he decided that he really wanted to be the star of the podcast. That's so. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have three cats and um, and I have chronic severe migraines and they're caused by, uh, they're triggered by um, my environment. So smells, lights, sounds, foods, you know. And we were cleaning the litter boxes a couple of times a day and they were just still smelling. Like they're, I mean, we had, yeah, we had tried everything. You know, we had tried all the different types of litter boxes and this was just a pain point that I couldn't solve. You know, I didn't want to get rid of my cats and I, I, that wasn't an option, you know. Mm. So I came up with this idea, like every time I would travel for work, I would sketch. And I've always been one of those people who carried around a notebook of sketches of ideas. You know, I swear Pinterest was my idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it doesn't matter because somebody else executed it, right? Execution is what matters. Implementation. That's right.
0: Implementation,
1: that's right. So I, you know, I came up, I I kept sketching these different types of litter boxes. And whenever I was on uh, travel for my job, and I would always end up with something that had already been invented or was too similar to something I tried that didn't work, you know, and so I got kind of frustrated with it, but I just kept on with it, and you know I was still working my day job and making good money you know i was didn't didn't really care I wasn't ever planning on starting a private label brand on Amazon, you know? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so, you know, I just, one morning I woke up and I had like this eureka moment and I realized like, oh my gosh, the problem is the litter box and I need to create something else. So I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and I started tearing apart laundry baskets and, you know, probably driving my husband crazy. And, (laughs) um, and I went, as soon as Home Depot opened, I woke up and I went to Home Depot and I built my first prototype.
0: Right. And so so what was your prototype of, of what? So what's the product?
1: Yeah. So my product is um is called Sifties and it's a better way to clean the cat litter box. And right. so the prototype that I built, I took hardware mesh. And it's hardware mesh is like um it it looks like a grid, a piece of grid paper, right? But it's yes. made out of metal, you know. Uh-huh. And so I got a, a waste basket, a really deep, nice deep waste basket, and I had hardware mesh, and I stapled that hardware mesh to a picture frame like design that would fit over the top of this waste bin. Right. And then I just picked up the litter box and I poured it in and the nasty stuff stayed on the top. So it's like a big scoop, yeah. right? Instead of you having to scoop, yeah. you're yeah. Just pouring scoop it, it into it. the yep. scoop. Yeah. So the nasty stays on top and the clean stuff goes through to the bottom. And Regina, this worked so fast, so sleek, so brilliantly. Of course it was ugly. It was not a product, right? It was right. <laughs> it <Yeah>. was
0: a, <laughs> a homemade but, thing. But it, was a, but, it, but it was a solution to a problem, right?
1: Yes, exactly. And the cool thing about it, at first, we just thought that I just thought I was inventing a better way to clean, like an easier way to clean the litter box. I didn't know like a faster way, you know, I didn't know that it was actually going to solve the problem of the odor. So a couple weeks after I invented it, after I, you know, created this prototype, we didn't smell the litter boxes at all anymore, like at all. And we, we couldn't figure it out because, you know, with scooping, you know, okay, a couple hours later it smells again and you have to get rid of the litter like once a week, you know, cause it just, yeah. it, it's just nasty. And so we were like, how do we not smell them? Like, I don't understand. I, I haven't cleaned it for two days. Um, why don't I smell? I used to clean it like twice a day. I, I don't get it. So we brought friends over that have like dogs, you know, that don't have cats because <laughs> we thought maybe we're going nose blind. Maybe we, it does Well, well smell yeah, we it. do.
0: Well, that, that's, that, that's, that's one of the issues that I always have. I was like, if somebody comes to my house, I don't know if my cat litter smells because I'm in it. You know, it's, it's like you can't smell your own perfume. You also can't smell your own cat litter after a while, right?
1: Yes. And so we invited our friends over because we're like, you know, are we crazy? Like, we swear we don't smell it anymore. And so we brought them into our laundry room with three litter boxes. And no windows or anything, you know, you're going to smell it, if, you know, yep. and they, yep. they were literally like blown away. They were like, oh my gosh, I, we don't smell anything. It's crazy. We're standing over this litter box and we don't smell anything. And there was three litter boxes in that tiny room.
0: Hmm.
1: And so we knew we had something. We just didn't understand why we didn't understand what we were doing. That was different, you know? Okay. So you're pouring it instead of scooping it, but what's the difference? Yeah. And so We kept studying it because we we're like, this is really a big deal. There's nothing on the market that does this. And, um, and so, and we were able to use the same litter instead of dumping it after a week, we were able to use the same litter for like 20 days with
0: no odor. Yeah, just top it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was just beautiful. So, um, so anyway, we, uh, we, I just knew that we had to bring this thing to market. Like we had to turn it into a real product. And even though I have an MBA and a couple of undergraduate business degrees, I could not, I, I didn't, I didn't know how to launch a unique product, you know, private labels, one thing, you know, differentiating a product yes. or white label, you know, putting your logo on something. That's one thing, but I had to develop this product from scratch.
0: Right. So, so how did you do that? So did you, how did you find a manufacturer? Did you have to a trademark, you know, patent? What did you do?
1: Yeah. So first I found a patent attorney and, um, and I, I patented the idea and then I had a friend that, um, that, you know, luckily I was in cybersecurity. So I worked in a building full of brilliant engineers and, um, and you know, they kind of helped me. I had a friend who he was like, Amy, your drawing looks like a jockstrap. And um, <laughs> I, <laughs> he said, yeah, I was like, well, okay, well, thanks, um, I guess. And so he was like, well, you know, I do 3D CAD and I could help you turn that into like something that looks like a real product. And so he came over to the house, my friend Dallas, and we designed it together. And then we had another friend with a 3D printer. And so we, um, we printed it out in parts cause this 3d printer of our friends was tiny. So we printed it out in yeah. parts and then snapped it all together. And, um, and I started cold calling manufacturers because Regina, I called like invent help and like some of those programs and they wanted like $30,000 just to take a drawing sure. and turn it into 3d CAD. Not even to like, yeah. not even to make your molds yet, you know? And so I was like, well, there has to be a better way. I have to be. The big brands bring products to market all the time. It can't be $30,000 just to turn a drawing into some 3D CAD. Sure. So I asked my lawyer for help. I asked my friend, you know, that had helped me with the 3D CAD stuff. And I just started cold calling manufacturers in the US. I was like, hey, you know, I have this idea. I've got, you know, and, and some of them would just hang up on me and other ones would be like, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you you should prototype it. Do, do you have a prototype? And I was like, uh, I, I, I mean, so, sort of, you know. And so I just kind of went down this whole path, you know, of, of trying to prototype it, trying to get, so then I was able to find, um, a third party manufacturer that worked with a sorry, a manufacturer in the U S that worked with a mold maker in China. Cause I didn't know anything about China at the time. I mean, now I have China trips, but I didn't know anything about China or how to get molds made or anything. So I worked with a manufacturer that, um, that made molds in China and they acted as the delays liaison, right? Right. And I took my, I had to get my design um, made for manufacturing. This is the other thing a lot of people, you know, you can 3D print a prototype, but that doesn't mean that that product is actually designed for manufacturing, DFM.
0: Right. Yep. So
1: I had to have it designed for manufacturing, right? So I found um, a local designer, 3D CAD designer. Um, my friend was not, you know, he was not he was not trained in designing for manufacturing. So he got us sure. really far. And then I took that to someone else um, who was able to actually design it for manufacturing for me. And I had to learn so much, Regina. I didn't know about like, you know, they asked me things like, well, what draft do you want on these slots? And I'm like, what's a draft? I don't <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Like what texture do you want on the handles? I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't, there's a You're texture. Not for the handles. (laughs) I don't know. You know, so I learned so much and I would go to the manufacturer here in San Antonio and I would sit down with them and go through like texture books. And I learned all about like all the design things that you have to do. And it was just crazy. I just went on this journey and the whole time that I was on this journey, I was sharing I was sharing on YouTube, I was sharing with whoever would listen because I knew there was other people out there that were trying to do the same thing and who were running into roadblocks because of the same reason I was running into roadblocks.
0: Yeah, the information is not readily available and the people who are there, you know, people like to keep the secrets hidden, don't they? So how long did this whole process take? Like from from when you first had the the, the bucket and mesh um, to having your first prototype or mold or how long did they take? Uh,
1: well, the problem was, so I did like a GoFundMe campaign. I did a pre-launch. I built my website. Oh, okay. you know, I was getting uh, interest ahead of time because I wanted to make sure that the idea was valid and, um, and all of that. And I had the mold started to be made about um, six months into the whole process, right? Wow, and, so that's pretty quick. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely dedicated. I mean, I was going to my local small business association um, to actually have my business plan looked at. And I was really just treating this like a brand and a business. Yeah. Right. And um, even though I didn't actually realize that I was going to like eventually have to leave my job, like that didn't compute in my brain. I don't know. I just thought, hey, I'm building a product here. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that took about six months and um, the mold maker was supposed to deliver the mold In about a three month time period at the latest and then that mold was going to go on a boat and it was going to come or on a ship and it was going to get shipped here to the US to the manufacturer and my product was going to be manufactured in the US. Right. And, And the reason for that is just because it was too large to be manufactured in China.
0: Right. Um, yes. So from a, shipping, from a shipping point of view, it would be too expensive to, sh- to ship it across, right?
1: Exactly. So otherwise I would have found a Chinese manufacturer, but for me, it just didn't make any sense. So, you know, I had to go through this whole thing of finding a U.S.-based manufacturer, which is a whole nother story. But, um, but anyway, you know, I found one, I did all this stuff, right? Well, my mold maker actually cut into the mold too many times and they, um, they kept missing delivery deadlines, and the samples that they were sending me from the molds were terrible. And oh, no. mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, I was kind of scared because I had no idea what I was doing, you know? And <laughs> so, and they kept missing these delivery deadlines. And meanwhile, all these people who were waiting for this product to launch kept reaching out to me, going, Hey, Amy, you hey, know, where
0: is it? Well, yeah, where yes. is it? Yeah.
1: Exactly. And I'm like, Am I going to be the laughing stock? Right? Like, what is the deal? And um, so finally, I called this. Uh, this liaison. And I said, look, you guys are late. You're like three months late. I'm looking like a laughing stock. I, not to mention, I'm probably, I could have, you know, $30,000 in sales a month and I'm missing yep. out on those sales all yes, because course, this yeah. mold isn't here. And, you know, so I told them I was like, look, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to call my lawyer and I'm going to sue you because this is ridiculous, you know? So they sent they, the mold maker kept saying, well, the mold isn't here, you know, it's, it's over here being worked on or whatever. And so you can't send an inspector in. And I just put my foot uh, down. And I was like, look, send this inspector in, or I'm going to sue you. I
0: know what's going on.
1: Yep. Yep. And so they sent an inspector in and the mold make, they were like, look, we don't care where the mold is. We're going to send an inspector. So wherever the mold is, we'll send an inspector. Well, the mold maker came back and said, you can have your money back. We don't want you to send an inspector.
0: Right. Okay. So obviously something dodgy had been going on
1: at yeah. that. End. Right. And so, so what I did you do? Start, so what did you do? I had to start completely over. They had destroyed the mold and I had to start completely over. I had to find a new mold maker. I had to find a new manufacturer. And I was almost ready to quit, you know. But what kept me going was this idea, you know, the fact right. that I was still using this prototype every day. And I could never imagine going back to the old way of cleaning the litter box. Like I knew that the the country needed this. Like I knew that the (laughs) world needed this product. And I was like, I am not, I'm not going to stop. I need to go forward with this. So I went back to the drawing board. I found a new manufacturer with a new mold maker. The price of the mold went up about $20,000. That was fun. Wow. And I was, but I was able to get a, an awesome mold of superior quality delivered within sixty days, and nice. so then, and this whole time, mind you, Regina, I was actually launching multiple private label products for my brand because I didn't want to just be a one product brand. So, right. I was launching multiple products, I had, you know, I was taking so,
0: many. So you type- you, were, you were finding other cat cat type products, right, to, yes. for your brand
1: exactly and then i was also doing retail arbitrage cuz i wanted to learn this amazon had changed a lot since i started in 2007 so we were doing retail arbitrage we had friends that were doing six figures in retail arbitrage every month nice. you know and yep. so we were like hey let's learn this why not you know we can learn it we can learn kind of the new amazon and and then, um, so we were doing retail arbitrage. Then we moved to wholesale. We started doing wholesale. We started getting wholesale accounts and making unique bundles on Amazon. I started writing listings to make extra money to pay off these molds that were so expensive. Yes, And, and were you still working full time at this stage? Yes. Still working full time, right. but we brought Plus my-
0: two, just two children, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And we brought my husband home, though. We brought my husband home um, from work. He was working as a teacher. And so since I was making a little bit more money, you know, doing what I was doing, um, we brought him home to work full time in the business. And we obviously weren't paying him yet because, you know, we were inventory, you know, inventory. And so... We were just like on this journey. We were trying to do everything at once, retail arbitrage, wholesale. We were launching a couple of white label products, some private label products, just throwing, pouring everything into this. Everything
0: into it, right. While you're still manufacturing your original product. Now, had you pre-sold it or you just had a list of of people that were wanting to buy? I
1: did did pre-sell it. So I I pre-sold it. I sold about 60 units um, pre-sale. Okay. Right, okay. So not too many, you know, but enough to know that there was interest there. And um, and so when we launched on Amazon, by the time we launched on Amazon, we already had several successful private label products. We right. had some failed white label. We had a, a garage full of inventory um, <laughs> of, of wholesale products, um, some of them which were selling really well, some of them which like that was a buying mistake, right? Um, yeah. we call that a death pile in, in the Amazon world. Yeah, exactly. I still have a death pile behind me. Right. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so, you know, we had gone on this whole big journey and I had gotten quite well known for actually saving people in, um, I started writing listings because when I was doing wholesale, I realized that I could sell anything if I could write a listing well. And so I started, you know, right. I started listing my services on Fiverr to write listings for people. And the people on Fiverr were like amazed because I would take products like a a felt letter board and I would rewrite the listing as an office sign. And suddenly these people would sell out of these very competitive products that had been, you know, featured on jungle scout. Right. Um, And so these people wanted to consult with me and I didn't have a way to charge them for consulting. I didn't even know that I was going to be a consultant. Like it hadn't even occurred to me. I just was like, Oh, make extra money writing listings. Sure. The people that were writing listings. And I was, I had this Amazon group, this Facebook group, amazing at home. And I started, you know, just whatever I could share in there. I gave free training every week. On everything from listing optimization to launch, whatever I was learning in my business, I was sharing.
0: You were sharing. Yep, gotcha. Yes,
1: exactly. So that group was really loyal, and people, you know, started asking to consult with me. And I was like, I don't know how to charge you. For consulting. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not even. This isn't my path. I'm over here working in my business, you know. And so I started consulting with people. I had a lot of clients from Australia. Um, and many of them had a lot of big success, um, as, as my clients. And so of course, word traveled really fast and I started getting a lot of clients Mm -hmm. and before I knew it, and I was still working full time, you know, and before I knew it,
0: where did you find the time to, to consult with clients while you're doing all this other stuff?
1: I would do it at night. So I would go, I got to the point, Regina, where I was leaving my, my, Job during the day, like I would go out on my lunch hour and I would take a call and I would come home from work at night and I would have a call at five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock. And I was like, literally so booked. I took calls on weekends, whatever, you know, and, and word traveled so fast and people were doing so well that literally this consulting business just like went crazy, you know? And so here I was like, just wanting to launch my own private label product and, and several products. Right. And then build this unique product here. I was, and before I knew it, I, I was so busy with consulting clients that I couldn't even, I couldn't keep up. I had to leave my job. Right. Right. And so I, I left my six-figure job in cybersecurity to do my private label business and my consulting business full-time, and I tripled my previous income within three months. It yes. was insane saying i didn't even know and then you know and now i own four online companies right i'm a part owner in rebate jet and then i have amazing at home as its own company now and then i have my my couple of private label brands as well as um my um as well as digital fire with my my podcast partner andy or not right where we do some trading stuff together, but yeah, it's just been a whirlwind. Like I left my job in October of two thousand
0: eighteen, right? So not not yet two years, right?
1: No, yeah, it's just been insane. I mean, and so to own four profitable companies, and now my private label businesses are very profitable. We're relaunching our product because it was quite large, so I so, had to learn. So, so
0: tell me, so, so so fast forward. So, what happened to this kitty litter? Th- Thing,
1: <laughs> yeah. So we launched it. Um, we launched it soon after, and we've sold thousands of units. I tried out for season eighteen of Shark Tank. I did not make the show, but I got to try out. I used that for press. Um, mm-hmm. People love it. it. People love the product, um, and we are relaunching it in a smaller, like collapsible version. So we're actually Norm Ferrars' team is designing my packaging for me. It's great to yes. have a great network of yes. people. And
0: um oh, we love, so, love him. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. He is. He's so great, but you know this network is just really great and um so yeah, we're doing a relaunch and um and in a couple of months here and I have a China trip now so I help people this is what I do full time now. I mean, I have my private label brands, of course, and my husband is our operations manager in our business, and he really, you know, he's the COO. He really kind of manages our day to day operations. But we sell- pay him now.
0: Does, does he get paid? Yes,
1: yes, <laughs> And um, you know, our kids help in our businesses now, and um, and we're expanding into retail this year. We just started on Walmart, and so it's just it's crazy. It's been a crazy journey. Oh, and that, is, that, that is
0: awesome. Awesome. Like seriously, so, so inspirational. So, um, you know, I've seen you talk uh, at events and also within your amazing mastermind group on listing optimization. You said that that's sort of how you started on on Fiverr with that. So do you want to just take a few minutes and bullet point the most important things on a listing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really the most important point of a listing is there's two things. Number one is your SEO. If, if people can't find you, they can't buy from you.
0: And I see, I'm just going to, I'm going to stop you, stop you there for the real newbies in the audience. SEO, that's, that's jargon that you and I both know what it is. Can you explain exactly what SEO is?
1: Sure. Search engine optimization. So Amazon is a search engine and it's really, really important. People use keyword phrases when they search for your product. And the more relevant that your product is for a certain keyword, the higher up you are going to show up organically in search results. And so the thing is when you launch a product, if you don't know the keywords that that product is best represented by and you haven't used enough related keyword phrases to rank your product organically you're going to spend a whole bunch of money on advertising that uh that isn't really going to do you any good because you don't have those keywords in your listing so so many people they spend a ton of money on advertising because they, um, what happens, advertising, pay-per-click advertising, PPC, and that's another, you know, thing that I could talk about all day long, you know, but.
0: Uh, <laughs> we'll and- do that. We'll save that for the next, for another one.
1: <laughs> exactly. But PPC, the way bids work, when you bid on a keyword for pay-per-click advertising, your Amazon ranks you based on number one, the relevancy to your listing. Yes, So relevancy i yeah, if I'm bidding on the, on the keyword, you know, black water bottle, but black water bottle is nowhere in my listing. That phrase is nowhere in my listing. Amazon's not going to see me as relevant for that keyword phrase. And it's going to cost me more. It's going to be more
0: expensive. That's right. Yes. Yes. That's something that that most people don't realize is, uh, you're not just bidding against other sellers. You're actually bidding against yourself and, and the relevance of your listing. That's right.
1: Exactly. And so what people don't, what people aren't doing is in many cases is they're bidding on all these keywords, but they're not in their listing or in the back end of their listing. And so what happens is number one, they're not shown in a good placement on their ads. So your ad isn't going to show up at the top of the page if you're not relevant for that keyword. And you're going to be shown in no man's land and you're going to get what I, a lot of what I call curious clicks. So when you're in no man's land,
0: not not, not converting, yes,
1: exactly. You're going to be at the bottom of the page. So that's, you know, people click on things that are at the top of the page, right? Or in very, you know, inside of their competitors pages, right? So when you utilize the right keyword phrases throughout your listing and in the back end of your listing, what happens is you are now showing up for thousands more searches than you would show up for before. That's organically, yep. Yes, organically, exactly. And I have seen people pay thousands of dollars for a listing optimization service and then have to pay for their launch service after that. And what happens is, and I've been able to take those listings and literally put them on page one organically, simply because I do a better job of utilizing keyword phrases in the right order in their listing.
0: So, so so what are the like where do you need to put your let, let's say I've got 10 top search terms where should they be going in my listing
1: Well the biggest mistake that people make is they use individual keywords and not the keyword phrases, phrases. Yes so so many uh, what I can always tell um, many people will hire copywriters right and I'll copy and paste their listing into one of my favorite tools it's listing lightning by seller SEO I'll copy and paste their listing in there and um, they won't be using any of the most important relevant phrases that will rank them instead i 'll see you know seller SEO shows this um, in the bottom right hand corner. it has like this list of individual keywords and you kind of use those individual keywords to kind of fill out your listing, but you shouldn't be you should be using the phrases that are relevant, not the individual keywords and so i'll see you know if somebody's having trouble ranking or they're having trouble showing up organically, I can copy and paste their listing into this tool. And the individual keyword list, a bunch of the individual keywords will disappear, but none of the phrases that are so important will disappear, right? Because they're not using them in their listing. So you want to use the most relevant phrases in your title, right? And then you want to use them in your bullet points, and, and then at the end, you want to use them in your description. I mean, obviously, I have a listing optimization masterclass that's 10 hours of training. So, <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I'm really bullet pointing it here for you. But yes. the yeah, bottom yeah. line is you want to know what phrases are important to your customer and you want to utilize them in your listing. And then the second most important part. So, the first thing is we got to use the right phrases because... Amazon's a search engine, and if they can't find you, they can't buy from you, and your PPC is going to be a lot
0: And and again, this this is coming back into the eyes of the consumer. You know, If somebody's looking for uh, barbecue tongs, they're not going to be looking for barbecue, right? They're actually going to be looking for barbecue tongs, right? That's a a phrase, right? So, so there's no point having barbecue um, and then tongs as two separate keywords in your listing if 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 it's not a phrase right that, that, that's just exactly. what Exactly and as an example to, right
1: Yeah and you want to utilize multiple different varieties of barbecue yes. tongs throughout your listing yeah. so yeah. you know it's really important you know barbecue black barbecue tongs barbecue tongs for um kids for you know meat. whatever yeah. It, yeah. exactly um you know heated barbecue tongs whatever it is you know that that describes that and so people will say you know don't repeat keywords But you should repeat the phrases that are part of long tail keywords in your listing. Right. Um, Gotcha. And then the other thing that people often ignore is the photos. The photos are the most important part of listing optimization because you can get me to click on your your listing, right? But I and let me just tell everybody here: nobody reads the listing. Can I just- oh, and
0: I was, I was, I was going to say that exactly. Nobody, they do not read the listing. Now, I one hundred percent agree with you. They look at the pictures, and then they they click, they they buy, they don't buy, they do not read the listing. I can't tell you how many times I've personally had experience of that. Yeah. Where, you know, people, you know, send me an email saying blah, blah, blah. I'm like, did you not read the listing? It very clearly says in the listing. Da 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 da. Yes. And. No, they do not we, read the listing.
1: So uh, you have and I are 100% agreement. Of, we had a product that's made of rubber and we kept getting returns and stuff and people would say it's made of rubber. And it's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's in the listing. Like it's in the title. It says 100% rubber in the title. It's a product that isn't traditionally made out of rubber. And so we kept getting all these returns and everything. So in our photos to fix it, we say in the photos, 100% rubber. It's 100% rubber. So that, that way, and that fixed the problem. But before we had it in the photos, people were returning it and saying, you know, yeah. it's rubber. Yeah, duh, it's rubber. So yeah. that's so, the so, thing
0: is- so important. That, so it's important that your bullets and uh, description are written in a readable form. Um, yes. However, you know, they really need to be more SEO. You know, keywords and keyword phrase rich and your photos need to tell the the story of the product, right?
1: Yes. I mean, and I have a seven photo strategy that I utilize. And I mean, I'm telling you, I have a class just on what photos to use (laughs) and, uh, and like what photos to use and in what order. And the people that have gone through my listing optimization masterclass, just changing out their photos. One of our recent participants went immediately from 5% conversion rate to 30%, just changing his photos. It's amazing. Such a, yes, it's huge. And so I think so many people just, they, they skip that and it's, it just, it changes everything.
0: So, of course, I'll have a, a link in the show notes for this. This is episode 36. So, if you want to have access or find out about uh, Amy's Listing Masterclass, um, is that a separate product or is that in your Mastermind uh, group, darling?
1: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we haven't really talked about the Mastermind yet. No, um, <laughs> we haven't. No. <laughs> I, I know about it because I'm in
0: it. So. <laughs> so, so, so so let's talk about the Listing first, the Listing master uh, Masterclass. That's a separate training?
1: Yes. Yep. So it is a separate training and you can find that on my website. I have a bunch of courses on my website. Um, Sure.
0: And um, we'll put put links in. Yep. yep, Absolutely. Exactly.
1: Um, But it is also available to those that are in our mastermind group. Um, It was our April mastermind was actually the listing optimization masterclass. So um, anyone who's in our mastermind right now gets the Listing Optimization Masterclass from April included in their membership. Included.
0: So, so tell me about the uh, the masterminds. I said I'm in it, and uh, you know my my time commitments. Unfortunately, I did not personally go through your listing masterclass, but I could see it was happening, and I know some <laughs> people who and I know some people who did because there's some people in my group who who are also in your group who who went, who went through that and and they were raving about it. Um, so, tell tell me a little bit more about the mastermind.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I have a private label course, right? And, um, and it kind of my private label course, um, used to be combined with my China trip. And so you would come and train with us for two months and, you know, we would do these, these, um, live coaching sessions and everything in our Facebook group. And then we would meet in China at the Canton Fair. And I had so many of my clients of my coaching clients that said, Amy, I really, I can't go to China. Like I'm, I need the training that you're offering, but I'm not ready to go to China. So, you know, can you separate the training from, you know, the China trip? And so that's what I ended up doing. I separated my private label course from my China trip. So now I just have a China trip and we go, you know, it's fun and just kind of a group trip thing. And then, um, I have my mastermind group, which is where I'm teaching my private label course I I chose to do it in a mastermind group because there's so many courses out there that you just get a bunch of videos and you don't get that, you know, that format where we can really help each other and, um, and, uh, you know, engage with each other. So we go live twice a week in the mastermind group. And this month we're teaching, um, the first part of my private label course, which is all about ideation and validation. So that's Coming up with really great product ideas and validating mm-hmm. that people will buy them,
0: <laughs> right? Okay, which which you have some great experience with, right? So you, definitely, you can, yeah, fantastic. Yeah.
1: And I mean, I think you know from from the from the perspective of product development of of having to develop a product from scratch, I definitely have that experience. But I would say, you know, I probably have I've probably helped in coaching calls now. Several hundred, hundred. I mean, there's hundreds of people that I've helped. I mean, I can recognize brands on nearly every category page of Amazon um, of that I know that I've helped. Right, so um, it's just it's that experience that is really, you know, that that's really helping people in this, in the mastermind group and in my private label course. It's not just my experience, right? It is the, it's so many people that have allowed me to be part of their journey and us troubleshooting things together and figuring things out together and launching so many different products. And, you know, just being in so many situations, like I was on a negotiation call the other night, um, with a client, um, with his supplier in China, you know, and we were able to get his price knocked down by ten dollars a unit. Ten dollars.
0: That's, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, it's just so that it's that kind of experience that I'm teaching in the mastermind group. And um, and you know, I have all of my clients over the years to thank, to to help. They they really helped me build out my experience. And now I want to give back, you know. So my my mastermind group is so affordable like it's ridiculously affordable compared to you know like what we're offering and what we're teaching and um and it's just it's just my passion i really really love it
0: beautiful so question that i always ask uh at the end of my uh conversations is how has your life changed uh since you got involved with this uh, crazy amazon journey
1: oh my gosh you know I, it's, um, it is crazy to think that it's, I always say, you know, when I left my job, I was afraid of making it on my own. Mm -hmm. And now that I've made it on my own, my biggest fear is ever returning to the world where I'm chasing someone else's dream again it is.
0: That's such a powerful, powerful statement.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, I had this big time job and, you know, all, all the things that people would want, you know, making six figures and all this stuff, you know, but it wasn't, I wasn't living my passion and now I'm living my passion. Like I get to help all these, I get to be a part of so many entrepreneurs journeys. I get to help inventors invent things. I get to be home with my family and my kids every day. I get to travel the world and, you know, meet great people like you, Regina. And (laughs) it's just, it's a dream. It's a dream. And I can't believe that I'm living it. And I reflect on it nearly every day and I wouldn't change it for the world. It's just been incredible.
0: Oh that that that's amazing Amy thank you so people can find you where
1: yeah they can just go to amazingathome.com um that's my website you can just uh, check me out there i have a great blog there with lots of great free training and information for you Um, And then you can also check out my Facebook group. We have a pretty active Facebook group called Amazing at Home. Um, And, you know, there's lots of great free listing optimization training and stuff like that in there. And then, you know, I have a podcast called the Amazon FBA Seller Roundtable. That's with my partner, Andy Arnott. And um, he's one of those crazy, seven figure sellers with 800 SKUs on Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) So I always try to pull all the gold out of his brain, you know, but, um, but yeah, so those are the, the places where I hang out is, you know, Facebook, amazing at home and then amazing at home.com and the seller round table, which can be found at sellerroundtable.com.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been uh, really great to to finally hear your story and and have you on the podcast. I'm I'm honoured to to have had you here. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It was really, really nice. And uh, hopefully once
0: the skies open up again, we'll meet each other somewhere in the world.
1: Yes, I'm headed to um, I'm headed to Australia in November. I'm hoping that that is still oh, able to happen. So
0: I, I d- just quietly I doubt that unless you need to, unless you want to come two weeks early to hang in the hotel. So uh, you might just want to be sort of watching watching that because at, at the moment anybody coming to the country two weeks quarantine uh, mandatory. Oh my so gosh.
1: Yes, not sure. I've been- I've been keeping my eye on everything, you know, because we're supposed to take our China trip in October, our normal Canton Fair trip. And I think a lot of those trips have been canceled. So yes, I think so. Yeah. It's going to be cool. But you know, either way, we will, we'll figure it out. And I know I'll see you at the next one. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Amy. Bye-bye. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and were able to pick up at least one nugget that you can put into action straight away. Please subscribe to and rate this podcast and remember to check out the website womenonamazon.com to get all the information on today's guests as well as links and discount codes to any products or services mentioned. And remember, don't wait
1: for perfect, get started now.